The good thing about self-publishing was that I had a lot more control and that was good for someone like me who's always right. I don't know if any of your other listeners are always right. Like I worked with an editor when I self-published and um, Mish gave some really fantastic feedback and guidance, but ultimately the decision was mine. Working with Julia at Wakefield, she would listen very thoughtfully and in the end, the final call is theirs. Sometimes it went the way that I thought was better and sometimes it went the way that she thought it was better. And that was a good process for me. What do I know about publishing a book? They've been Julia's been doing this for years. Wakefield's been around for like 30 years. So that thing about handing over and trusting has been quite a good experience. Are you a health professional wanting to explore all the options life has to offer? Then you've come to the right place. The Balanced Medics Handover podcast is all about living outside the box of what we've been told. I'm Isabella, your host, a junior doctor from Australia and trained coach. I'll be interviewing health professionals from all walks of life, artists, authors, non-clinical specialists, and more. These stories show that our choices are endless. Let's take the journey together. This is The Handover. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. This episode, we have a guest who has come back, Dr. Hilton Coppy. So he is a writer, teacher, workshop facilitator, podcaster, and doctor living on Bundjalung land on the east coast of Australia. And he was last on sharing about his debut book, his memoir, One Curious Doctor, which is a really great book that you should check out if you haven't already. Today, uh, Hilton's coming on to talk about his transition from self-published to being signed with a publishing house. So I think it'll be a really great episode for anyone out there wanting to write and thinking about how to go about the process. Without further ado, let's hand over to Hilton. Hey, Hilton, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks for welcoming welcoming me back. That's usually a good sign, not coming back to apologise, but just to <laughs> come back to chat some more. It's really nice to be here. Yeah, there's no apology uh, video needed or anything like that. No. <laughs> it went very well, the last one. So I wanted to start with asking you what's happened since our last recording, which was in February, if you can believe. Yeah, I know. Time goes by so fast fast. So uh, I was thinking, we've been on the road a lot since February. Uh, had a month in March, um, drove down in our little camper van down to Victoria from northern New South Wales and uh, yeah, stopped off camping in some national parks. And I did um, a couple of events for the Castlemaine Writers Fest. Uh, the Castlemaine Festival, um, which was really exciting uh, in Castlemaine, Victoria. I did a writing workshop and a book launch activity there. So that was kind of most of March camping, which was really fun. And then uh, in May and June, we were overseas. I had uh, We had six weeks in Scotland, including a month volunteering at a small remote bushwalking lodge on the West Coast. It was only accessible by boat. So 
learnt a lot about supply chain stuff. Like when you've got to carry every, every, every single thing on and off a boat, you really appreciate like the difference between beer in bottles and beer in cans. It's a lot easier transporting beer in cans. Like you just don't think of those things until you've got to do that. And uh, then we did a cycle trip through uh, Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, which was really fantastic on so many different levels. And I got to visit the little village just very briefly where my grandmother's family came from. So that was quite exciting to do that as part of that trip. Was that your first time visiting the village where your grandmother's from? Yes, yes. So I'd been to Lithuania once before. And for this trip, I really wasn't trying to think too much about family stuff, but I was talking with the guide. We were on a tour. I was talking to the guide and he said, oh, where did your family come from? And I told him, oh, my grandmother's family came from Kershenai. And he said, oh, we drive right past there. Would you like it if we stopped? So uh, yeah, for sure. So we just stopped and just for five minutes, I just got out of the bus and did a little walk around the market square and past a couple of old buildings and um, touched some walls that I think had been there for since well before my grandparents lived there. So that was pretty, that was really good, actually. It was really good. And it was sort of a little bit tainted. I was trying not to get too emotional about things because it's really emotional. Um, Apart from my grandparents, their families were all killed during the Second World War. And not far from Kershenai is a forest called, I think you pronounce it Ponsai Forest. And there was a big massacre there. And I know my grandfather's brother was um, killed there. And I didn't know we would be going past it. So that sort of like jolted me a little bit. Yeah. But then, you know, I've been doing the dementia training work, which is keeping me busy and working quite hard with this damn book of mine. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And I guess all those mixed emotions links in with your book, which explores your family, it explores um, your career as a GP and, and what you're doing now. So when we met, we, you were speaking about how to self-publish a book. This was back in the um, writing workshop for Doctors Health at the at the health conference. Now there's been a change. Uh, you were publishing it a bit differently. Can you share more about this? Yeah, so at that Doctors Health conference in Adelaide last year, there was a panel with some doctor writers that I managed to force my way onto really just at the very last minute, <laughs> just through knowing people and being a bit pushy. And it, it went, the, the presentation I did and the interaction went really quite well. And one of the people on the panel was a publisher uh, or an editor from a publish, small publishing business in Adelaide called Wakefield Press. And um, it was kind of a bit awkward before the session because um, there's another medical writer, Peter Goldsworthy, who's a GP, but really a very well-known writer in the Australian writing circles. And um, Julia from Wakefield and Peter know each other very well, and they were talking, and I was kind of there like a little puppy dog with the imposter syndrome, and um, couldn't really engage with them in conversation. But after the session, because I sort of, I guess I know how to engage with an audience. Peter Goldsworthy just gave me a big smile and a big thumbs up and Julia said, that was really good, Hilton. Can you send me a copy of your book? Because I read, I spoke about and read a little bit. And then 
I don't know, a month or I sent her a PDF of the book and a month or so later I heard from her and by email and she said, we love your book and um, we're happy to publish it. So uh, it was a bit of a surprise, a nice surprise as a, they do say once you've self-published, no publishing, it's, it's unusual for a publishing house to take it on. But I think because Wakefield's quite small and a little bit has uh, uh, a little bit more flexible. They were in a position to to do it, which was great for me. Yeah, that's such great news. It's um, did you go into the workshop with any ideas about that, or was it a complete just su- happy surprise? Well, yeah, it was a complete happy surprise. Uh, I hadn't really. I mean, I suppose it had been in my mind largely because the self-publishing was really good and we can talk about the pros and cons in a minute but it gets two things get got really tiring one was going to the post office every couple of days to post off books so <laughs> that was hard and it's very hard to access bookshops to get the book into bookshops so if if a bookshop's interested they take the books on consignment which means um, I don't get paid unless they sell the book and then I get a percentage of what they sell it for and oftentimes I need to chase them up every few months or every quarter. Have you had any sales? Send them an invoice. It was really, I didn't like that aspect of it at all. So I thought, well, if I had a mainstream publisher, I, I won't have to do battle with bookshops. I shouldn't really say that, but do that whole consignment thing and keep track. Oh yeah, the one in Castlemaine's got four copies and the one in sale, it's got 10 copies. I need to follow, because I'm hopeless with that stuff. So that was the main reason. I just thought it might give bigger reach. So yeah, I was I was pretty happy to um, to get that email. And how does it work? Do you have like an agent now or what? I'm not too sure about how it works on that side of things. So I don't have an agent. I'm not too sure about it either. But my understanding is that people get an agent before they get a publisher. So I think the idea of an agent is to spruik the book to various publishers on behalf of the author because the agents will have access to publishers perhaps a little bit more than a no-name author. Okay. Um, So that's my understanding. I could be completely wrong. That might be oversimplistic, but that's, that's my understanding. So once you've got a publisher... I, I don't need an agent in Australia. If I want to try and get the book published overseas, which I may still try and do one day, then having potentially having an agent like in the States, in North America, which I think is where there would be a huge market for a book like this, having an agent might be helpful. Um, but I'm, I'm a little way from doing that yet because the uh, this version with Wakefield is... Uh, Literally hot off the press this week. The oh, first wow. copies, uh, I, I hope the first copies are on their way to uh, some bookshops because I'm doing a book event in Perth on Wednesday. So it's at a bookshop. It'll be better if the books are there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is really hot off the press. Oh, that's exciting. It's hap- it's all happening for you. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the the new edition yet. So uh, hopefully there's some copies on the way here as well. Yeah, yeah. And and how has it been this transition from self-published 
to working with a publishing house. So um, it's been interesting. The uh, the good thing about self-publishing was that I had a lot more control and that was good for someone like me who's always right. I don't know if any of your other listeners are always right. <laughs> um, uh, so to, to have – like I worked with an editor when I self-published and – um, Mish gave some really fantastic feedback and guidance, but ultimately the decision was mine. Working with Julia at Wakefield, she would listen very thoughtfully, and in the end, the final call is theirs. So uh, sometimes it went the way that I thought was better, and sometimes it went the way that she thought it was better. And that was a good process for me to, like, what do I know about publishing a book? They've been Julia's been doing this for years. Wakefield's been around for like thirty years. So that thing about handing over and trusting has been quite a good experience. Especially you know, like working for all those years as a GP, it's pretty much you know what goes on in the room. I've got quite a deal of autonomy, so there's a bit less autonomy in that regard. And it is slower. It's definitely slower. So the um, the good thing about self-publishing, it was really quite a quick process. So from the time when I first met um, Mish and Ben from Hambone, who helped me with the self-published book, that was like in March and the book came out end of August. So it was like really quick. This has been a little bit slower. Uh, there's more cogs in the wheel, like the wheel's got more cogs and the cogs sometimes, the wheels turn a little bit more slowly. So they've kind of been that the, the downsides, I suppose, or the differences. And when you first had written the book, did you always know you wanted to self-publish or did you consider looking for publishing houses? Well, I it's it's a, it, I sort of did it probably in a weird way. Um, I met Ben and Mish through happenstance uh, and uh, through their mother, actually, Catherine Crock, who runs the Hush Foundation, um, which is about kindness in medicine. And um, she'd be good to interview, actually. She's a great person, really good person. Yeah, I can I can put you in touch with her. And, um, and I was telling her a little bit, I'd had a few pieces published and I had this idea of a book, but really had never put any energy or effort into putting it together or very little. And she said, oh, you should speak to my son and daughter. That's what they do. And so through meeting Mish and Ben, uh, it was the pieces that I had already written, try to put them together into some cohesive whole that was the book, One Curious Doctor, and then a few new pieces were written. And it was more around structuring it, less about writing a book. Most of the pieces were written. It was about editing and structuring it, coming up with a an idea. So it sort of, it kind of flowed in some semi-logical way. With um, Julia at, at Wakefield, it was re-editing the pieces, adding in and adding in a couple of new pieces. So uh, not huge changes, which kind of is good, really, in a way that uh, established publisher didn't want to make too many changes. So, <laughs> yeah, but a couple of new pieces and some of the – well, some of the existing pieces were definitely tidied up a little bit. And um, hopefully the typos are no longer there that were in the f- 
in the self-published. There were three typos snuck through. Oh, I didn't even notice the typos. And usually I do, even in, with publishing houses, I notice like a typo here and there. So I, I didn't notice. <laughs> well, you'll have to go back and reread. There's one on the back cover. Oh. So you can have you can have a look at okay, the back cover okay. and yeah, tell me if you can pick it up. I will. I will. I'll reread. And I'll have to read the new edition because it's got new things and it's changed yeah and it's got a different back cover without the typo so yeah yeah Um, now, at the writers' workshop at the Doctors' Health Conference in Adelaide, you really took us through the whole self-publishing process. And I have to say, it made me want to self-publish a book. It was really, it seemed really appealing. Um, I'm wondering if you could share the basic first steps with the listeners too, who might want to uh, write a book and, and publish it themselves. I suppose there's two questions. One is, why do you want to write? What's your purpose for writing? And the second question is, why do you want other people to read it? Because they're not exactly the same thing. They're not the same thing. So I think those two questions are really important and fundamental. And once a person's clear in their mind that they do want to write and they would like other people to read it, then I guess it's to write start the writing process. And I'd done the writing over probably a 12-year period. The, most of the pieces in the, in the book were written over a 12-year period and published separately as, uh, as individual standalone pieces. So that's the nice thing about uh, a collection of memoir-type pieces, that it's not like you've got to uh, have this idea of the whole structure of 50, 60, 70,000 words in a novel. That's a, it was a collection of some pieces were 500 words, some were 5,000 words. So like much shorter pieces, which that made it good for me. But yeah, so it is to write. And assuming someone's got a manuscript, then there's two ways, I suppose, two broad ways to self-publish. Um It's possible to do it completely yourself, to go through a a company like Ingram Spark and uh, upload your manuscript there, uh, and then they put it on Amazon and you can, and Booktopia and all those Kindles, all those online platforms, and um, and print on demand. So you can print five copies, ten, a hundred, a thousand copies. Uh, so you can do it completely independently like that. Uh, you need to, I, I would imagine a person needs to be pretty confident in their ability to do everything, like layout, design, let alone editing and proofing and that sort of thing. Or you could, I suppose there's three, or you could engage an editor, a proofreader, a designer, different people to help with that process and pay them along the way. Or you could do what I did, which was to um, work with Hambone publishers and pay them to do the whole lot. So um, Mish did the editing and Ben uh, organized the proofreading design, um, uploading it to Ingram, and uh, which is one of the the platforms for doing that sort of thing. So I guess there's a spectrum of of approaches. Does that sort of answer the question? Is that what you were thinking about? 
Yeah, that answers the question. So you could do it like completely DIY, middle way, or you can pay someone to help you with the process. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. So the middle way is you're paying individuals, but you've got you know, overarching. I suppose it's like being an owner builder as opposed to going with a project builder. So yeah, uh, that's probably the the biggest difference. Or being on the tools completely yourself. That's probably the the best analogy, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's really interesting for people listening and maybe with a manuscript that they've just had sitting on a shelf, not sure what to do with. And how has working, so you already spoke a little bit about this, about how it's been different working with the publishing house. So it's a little bit slower. Not everything is completely your call. Is there anything else that you have noticed that's been different? Uh, Certainly getting it into bookshops is much, much easier. And uh, so uh, that that is fantastic. Uh, Wakefield's a pretty small publisher, so their um, publicity and marketing is probably not quite as extensive as what I had thought that it might be because I was naive and I didn't really ask the questions because I was just so excited. But they do have um, some marketing, so someone else is doing some of that. I still need to do some. So that's been that's been really good. The other thing is um, how much money that you get per copy. So for the ones that I published myself, depending on the way that it uh, ended up getting mailed out, was uh, I probably get about ten to fifteen dollars per copy uh, for, of a book that retailed for thirty two dollars. So, which is pretty good, sometimes $20. Like if I hand delivered it, didn't have to pay postage, I'd get closer to $20. With, uh, with Wakefield, I get about $3.50 a copy. So, that's quite a reduction per copy, but hopefully the volume of sales will be greater. I'm not doing it to... Reti- to fund my retirement, that's not the <laughs> the purpose, but it's um, definitely uh, the the income gets spread between the writer and the publishing house. As whereas when I did it myself, once I'd paid um, Hambone and then the printers, apart from postage, uh, whatever profit came straight to me. So there is a difference that way. And uh, the other thing about self-publishing is that when people order through my website, which people can still do, by the way, I sign every copy and uh, it's really nice doing – I like that to sign the copies and send them off so I know where they're going. Whereas when they're being sold through a bookshop, I've got no idea who's who's buying it and – yeah, and uh, I've had so much lovely feedback because when I uh, I sign it and I put my business card in there, and uh, and people have, have emailed me just with their response to it. It's just been so beautiful. I mean, people could do it from the copies they buy in the bookshop because you can find anyone these days if you look for about ten seconds. So. Um, especially with an unusual name like mine. So uh, I still, I, I suppose I still get some feedback from from people who've bought it that I, 
I haven't directly sent it. Uh, but that's been one of the really nice things has been getting that direct feedback and just having that personal thing of signing each copy before they go out. Yeah, the personalised touch. Yeah. And when you were talking about how much you make per book with the publishing house, did you have any costs with the publishing of the second edition or is that completely covered by the publishing house? I had a choice. So they would do it, uh, republish it exactly as it was without any changes uh, and without their imprint on it and they would do that and I wouldn't have to pay anything. But I thought if I'm going to do it, I want their imprint on it and I'd like it to be, if it can be improved, I'd like for it to be improved. So I did make a contribution to the cost of the publishing with them, which was about just over half what I paid for the self-published book. So I think that was because a lot of the work had already been done. Uh, So a lot of smaller publishers, maybe even some of the bigger ones, will work this way now, that there's a co-contribution from the author. Hopefully, I'll get a return on that investment. (laughs) We'll see. But again, it's like when I started this whole thing, I thought if I come out square, like cost neutral, I'm really happy. And if I sell half a dozen books and someone, you know, two people like it, I'm really happy. Well, I've way exceeded that. The sales are in more than a thousand now, which is like quite, um, I never expected that. And uh, I've got a separate bank account. I don't want people to think it's all about the money. It's not, but <laughs> there's still money. There's, I mean, credit in that account, even after paying the contribution to Wakefield. So everything from here is a bonus, really. That's great. That's great to hear. And now you've spoken a little about the pros, a little about the cons. Is there anything else that you'd like to say pros and cons publishing both ways? Uh, well, um, maybe we can have another conversation in six months' time when the book's out in the <laughs> world because I'll have a better idea then. Yeah, no, I think I've really I, – I, I don't really have too much more to add other than it's uh, – yeah, it's easier to get it out into the world self-published, but it's harder to um, – well, it, it gets born – more easily, but it doesn't spread its wings so easily when it's self-published. So mm-hmm. my hope is with the publisher that this little baby of mine will be able to spread its wings more freely. Oh, it's getting a bit more um, time in the incubator. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun. We're kind of going through the whole journey. If we do speak in another six months' time after it's been out in the world, it's it's interesting to see how it's all going for you. Yeah, well, if yeah, I'm 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 curious. You know, I've been curious for uh, for a long time, but this whole process, I've been so uh, it's such a journey of discovery and a journey of wonder. In fact, I had a piece published um, just recently outlining the um, the journey from non-writer to self-published writer to now mainstream published writer. I'll, I can send you the link. You can maybe put it in the show notes yeah. if you like. And I called it a journey of wonder for one curious doctor because I have wondered a lot about the process and it has been wonderful and it has been a journey of wonder. Yeah, so... Um, I'm happy to 
meet again in a few months and see if I'm still feeling the love of the wonder. <laughs> yeah, still, still curious, still uh, wonder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did get invited to be a speaker at Byron Writers Festival this year, which is coming up next month, which is pretty exciting. And I think being published with a um, mainstream publisher – uh, help to facilitate that process. So I think that's another advantage. There is, rightly or wrongly, I think there is credibility with being uh, um, with a publishing house. I was interviewed on Conversations um, not so long after we did our our last interview or around that time. Um, that was apparently very unusual for a self-published writer to be on Conversations. So I think Having a publisher does just give that status that gives access to uh, other opportunities like writers' festivals and um, mainstream media. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine so. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And I'm glad to hear that you're still in the credit in the in the bank account as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, One Curious Doctor is a very personal work. Uh, and you put that out into the world, your baby, so to speak, and it's been quite well well received. I feel. What are your thoughts on this? And do you have any reflections so far? Yeah, it um, it has been well received, and the nicest thing has been when people uh, contact me or speak with me and say, "Ah." Oh, I could really identify with this story or this element of your life. And uh, that thing about, I suppose, about helping people feel not alone with with feelings or experiences, that they're not the only one who's had that experience. And as one person who wrote a lovely review for it said, um, Hilton may not be working in clinical practice, but he's still healing now. He's healing with words. And uh, it, to to think that someone might read some words that were once just an idea in my head that came from an experience in life and feel a little better in some way, that's just been amazing, really. Like, I, it's, it's almost hard to believe that that can actually happen. So in terms of sharing my vulnerability, that's what so many people say, that I've made myself vulnerable, has been, it's definitely the gains have far exceeded any downsides. In fact, there really haven't been any downsides. And um, yeah, which is very interesting because I think a lot of people perhaps are a bit hesitant about being vulnerable. Um, But in a way, I think there's some strength in a position of vulnerability that uh, has the potential to make a difference in other people's lives. Um, Yeah, I haven't really received anything that made me think, oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't shared that story. In fact, just the other day, I was downtown in Lenox, you know, a small town, and um, the woman from the bottle shop uh, walked past and she said, did I hear you on Radio National? That was the conversations interview. And I said, yep. And she said, are you doing okay? (laughs) It was so nice. You know, like she really cared. Are you doing okay? And I just thought, 
oh god that was so nice and um so if it wasn't for the thing about sharing that vulnerability then there there wouldn't have been that experience there were i suppose just thinking about it, there were a couple of emails where people if i could say not overshared but shared quite a lot about their own experiences and I had to think about, well, what's my role here? How am I to respond to this? Uh, that only happened probably, I've probably got emails like or feedback hundreds and that might have happened twice. So, um, or maybe a hundred and that might happen. So it's small and it, it wasn't bad in any way. I just sort of acknowledged what they had said and thanked them for sharing and uh, resisted taking on the role of the fixer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is really lovely that that woman in the bottle shop asked if you were okay. So it's very heartwarming and it's it's good to hear that everyone, well, you know, most people are recognizing their strength and vulnerability um, and I think it's important to to spread that, especially in the medical world. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Now I have to ask: Are you planning to write another book? Uh, not at this start. Well, I've got a couple of ideas, but um, it's not a priority in terms of time. So uh, there are a couple of ideas. It really is a huge amount of work. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know. When we meet in six months, I'll, I'll let you know. The, okay. I've, I've written that, that one piece. So that's the one piece that I was talking about, The Journey of Wonder. Um, it's the only piece I've written uh, really, or maybe one other new piece I wrote for that conference in, in Adelaide. Um, I've hardly written anything and the urge isn't really there. And that would be something that I would say to people. That's why, hence that first question, why do you want to write? It's a big process and really need to be committed to it. So I'm not, the, the fire in the belly is not burning. There's a little flicker of a candle, you know, like a little tiny birthday cake candle is just flickering. <laughs> and, uh, whether that'll turn into the bushfire that's needed to get a book into the world, we will see. Okay, time will tell. <laughs> Watch this space. Yes, exactly. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, it's just been delightful speaking with you again and I hope for anyone who listens that uh, it's been a bit helpful and uh, I suppose, you know, the usual plug for go and buy One Curious Doctor and help my bank balance stay in the positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how can we find One Curious Doctor? So I'm really keen to support bookshops. So if you go to your bookshop and ask them to uh, to source it, that's um, I think that's the best way and that supports the bookshops and the publisher and the publishing industry. People can also order it direct from my website so which is just hiltoncopy.com and there's a shop on there so it's possible to get it that way and i think it will be it's not yet but it will be on amazon and booktopia and those kind of uh online places but i'm really if people want to get it go to your local bookshop and support your local bookshop if you have trouble getting it 
you can order it through my um, through my website. All right, great, great. Well, I will look out for the second edition. It should be available this week then. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, yeah, go down to your local bookshop and say, can you please order this for me and maybe get a 28 copies and put them right up the front of the shop as well while they're at it. <laughs> yeah, I'll rearrange the window. Yeah, yeah that'd be you. great. Don't yeah, worry. that'd be really good. Thank you. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you again and um, we'll keep in contact and I'll see how everything's going in a little bit and if you have another book on the way, potentially. Who knows? Yeah, fantastic. You've been listening to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate and review this podcast and click the follow button. For more resources, check out the Balance Medics website. The link to this will be in the show notes below. See you next episode.